Hello, and welcome to episode 129 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with P.D. Mayo. Hey, everybody. Is it? I was going to say something about hopefully everybody's ready for Christmas, but I wasn't sure when they're going to listen to this, and it would get confusing. Hopefully it's before Christmas. Okay. But hopefully everybody's getting ready for Christmas. Or holiday that they <clears throat> yep. follow. Yeah. We're non-discriminatory here. And Philip's here, too. Philip's trying to steal my crown. Hey, Phil. Welcome back, everybody. Phil Frisky, yes, everybody. Yes, I am. I am trying to steal your crown. So let's let's kick off the show that with that before we get into all the actual hotel marketing malarkey. So I don't know if you remember. I don't remember what episode it was, but it's several months ago now, I'd brewed some beer, brought it in. We did a live taste test, and so you, you little clown, decided to follow my follow in my footsteps and brew your own beer as well. I so, did. It's the same same IPA too. Yeah, this the Chinook <laughs> IPA. Yeah, yeah. So we've not tried this. Have you tried it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I tried it. And uh, you got a big stupid grin on your face. I'm assuming it's it was so good. good. All right, so this is Ch- Chinook IPA. We've never had it before, Pete and I. Nope. So we're about to about to try it and see if it's as good. Ready? Damn it, Phil! That is a good IPA. That is delicious. <clears throat> and, and usually, thank we, you, fellas. You say, "Oh, that was very nice," and then you drink your regular beer. But yeah. that's good enough no, for me to continue drink, to drink this. I would drink that. You remember the responses you gave me when, when you drank mine? It was like, That was actually hmm, good. That surprised me. It's yeah. actually good. I'm, I'm equally as surprised right now. Good. And good. all the people that are into ASMR just heard us all drinking and making quiet noises are probably really happy right now. <laughs> You're welcome. Could be. So that's our libation for the, for the day, for those of you that wanted to know. Could they get some? Can they order it from you yet? Are you no. selling it online or anything? No. Next one I'm going to try, I'm going to do some... Orange peels or something like that. Make Ooh, a yeah. fruity IPA. Nice. Love it. All right. So you're not here to hear about our shenanigans related to beer. You're here to hear about hotel marketing. Today's episode was put together by your friend, Pete DeMeo. Your friend of mine, Pete DeMeo. And he put down put together a really cool uh, blog post on our website, fueltravel.com, about SMS messaging or text messaging or smus messaging or text messaging, whatever you want to call it. This is a good, good article, Pete. So good, in fact, we're going to make a podcast about it. Perfect. Well, hopefully it'll help everybody else see that there's a underutilized asset that we can take advantage of. And you know what's really funny is, you know, text messaging has been around for donkey's Ever. years, right? And everyone's already, always kind of, early on, I feel like people were dabbling in it. But then everyone backed away. It was like kind of taboo. It's like, ah, oh, this is the one area that marketers have ethics and and aren't going to abuse it because everything else marketers as you know we ruin yes we've ruined email we've ruined search engines we've ruined advertising sms seems to be that one hollow you know hallowed ground that we we haven't yet ruined and hopefully if you follow the the show today you're not going to ruin it either you're I, just going to use it to the mutual benefit of you and said guest yeah, it's the bad marketers that ruin everything it it, all it takes is one bad actor to ruin it for everyone else you know always the way but before we get into text messaging, smus messaging, Pete, what's going on in the newsaroos? Well, Hello. Remember, all right, so remember. here we go. Ready, everybody? Yep. 
With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for your news or ruse. You added a word, a I superfluous did. word. Your news or ruse. It was, it was superfluous. It won't be back next time. That, that makes it really personal for these yeah. people. I like it. Personalization is important. We'll talk about that more today as well. So really, that when we're looking at the news or ruse this, this week, there was a lot of hotel news going on, but there was really only one marketing news story that we felt was worthy of coverage. So you want to tell us what that was, Pete? I got this. Oh, sorry, Phil. Go for it. <laughs> so Netflix put out probably one of the best tweets of all time to get the best responses of all time. So they asked, what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? Yeah. So this is, we try to be a PG show here. Now, I will say if you have young ears listening, if you're listening in the car with kiddos in the back, this for the next, you might want to skip the next couple of minutes because... We we might take a look at some of the ones people respond, responded to. And, you know, it was good because what was really genius about this is it was edgy enough that it got people a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't over any kind of line, right? It was people were willing to do it. And the brands that really surprised me got involved. And that's really where the genius lays with this. They single-handedly with one tweet got every major brand mm-hmm. in the world to engage with their Twitter account and therefore expose Netflix impressions to everyone on mm-hmm. the planet Earth. Including Hulu and some of their competitors, yeah. which was great. It was a, it was like the the brand managers were all having a conversation that yeah. we just got to participate in. You know, it really it was for everyone's enjoyment, but it was very non marketing. It was a lot of fun. It worked out so well for some brands who are creative and others who tried to be funny got roasted by other people. Yeah. That was my favorite part is when someone put out something that wasn't that good and then someone else came in like a just a rando said something that was infinitely better. It's like some people probably mm. should have got hired because of their creativity on this. Mm. And some people was just like some should get fired. Not, like Hulu's was Netflix and chill. It's like you really I mean, are you not gonna be more creative than that? I mean, I get what you're trying to do, but why? Yeah. You know? Samsung's was pretty funny, but it wasn't as great as the person that responded to that. <laughs> I liked uh, the hotel that got involved that we saw, Hampton by Hilton. Yes, breakfast is included. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So some people played it safe. Some people were a little more on the nose with it. But we'll link to it in the show notes because there's just comedy gold. You can easily lose an hour of your life just reading through these and, and just getting some some creative inspiration from a lot of these. It's and really, really good. And I think it'll uh, make you less fearful to have some fun on Twitter in the future if, if that's a social platform you use. Yep. You, you realize some of these major players huge brands showed no fear with a response like and i think also what it says is social is not a you know you don't have one voice across all your social platforms this would not play well on facebook not at all this works very well linkedin yeah (laughs) yeah this is not your linkedin strategy but on twitter specifically it does really well so you know kudos to them for differentiating the strategies across the platforms yeah and and to be fair they didn't come up with this concept right that that question things you would say during sex that you would also say at mm-hmm. another time was already a thing that had been happening earlier in the month on twitter they just they cat they newsjacked in a way they took they capitalized on an existing trend and they ran with it and then they turned it up to 11 and this was i mean this is one of those things like the oreo 
Um, you can still dunk when the lights are out. This this is one of those things that's going to resonate with people and can be used in case studies for years and years to come. And and what you guys can take from it is they were really smart about thinking through how can I capture the tone of where we are, so the platform that we're using, we're making sure we're, we're touching the line but not crossing the line of the tone of, of the platform. But we're also talking to a specific audience. They knew that by aiming it at what your brand social channel could say, they were reaching a, a specific community of people, i.e. the brand managers on social, who are going to get really engaged and excited about something like this. So they, they had a platform with the right tone, the right message that was on brand for them, but they tapped into a community with a call to action that was irresistible to those people. So, And I'd also add that they did a phenomenal job following up on their initial tweet mm -hmm. because they responded to just about every brand and person mm -hmm. who left a comment. And of, many times with something better than that <clears throat> yes, brand. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was very playful, very, you know, there's a lot of whimsy in a lot of the responses. Mm. But, it, you know, we... <laughs> I kind of want to read some of them out, but I also don't sure. want to push them. Well, I think here's here's We're the just going to end up laughing for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be a long episode if we do that. Uh, but no, here's something else to consider. So this tweet that they put out initially, 109,000 retweets, 432,000 likes on the initial tweet. Then you have Petco, who their tweet was, hope you like, hope you enjoy these new toys. So on on the safe side, for sure. That's good. <laughs> but that had... 1,400, uh, was, I'm sorry, 1,400 retweets, 2,300, I'm sorry, 23,000 likes, four, uh, 1,400 comments on it, and 142,000 favorites. Yeah, so, uh, so the brand itself was benefiting from it yeah, by it, participating. And if, as you go through here and you look at you know, Buffalo Wild Wing, the responses that they got, every time they're doing it, Netflix is being seen to all of Buffalo Wild Wings audience yeah audiences so I think that's where it's we always talk about the amplification on a social mm -hmm. platform and that's really a good example of it yeah really good and and I think you know this also <laughs> works because you know there is this concept of Netflix and chill that already exists right there's or people already kind of see them somewhat associated with sex in a, in a weird kind of meta way in society so I think it, it works on multiple levels for them. Really, really good. Hats off to them. They they win the first and only ever Fuelly Award for innovation on Twitter <laughs> with a really funny tweet. So, yeah, hats off. So I, I've got another newsaroo, but this is not it's not a real newsaroo in that someone didn't publish it. But it's a little story. You know, we like to talk about our experiences sometimes that we have when we're traveling, staying in places. So for oh, those that yeah, I'm sorry. There's, you don't have to raise your hand. Okay. okay. Everyone else saw me raising my hand. Okay. There's before we leave that. Yeah. So give blood. Oh. Their yeah. response was it's just a little prick. One of the responses was I laughed and then I signed up to donate and there's a screenshot of the guy's confirmation of his yeah. date to give blood. So true action took place because of this which is phenomenal right you're exactly right it, it, would, it would be remiss of us not to point that out right because as much exposure as you get from social media it means nothing and if melissa were here she'd be saying you can't yeah. put that in the bank right mm -hmm. and you can't you can't put likes or shares or follows in the bank my favorite one like that Pete you can put was, blood in the bank yeah but um yeah um similar 
uh, Pepsi's, the, one of the responses to Pepsi's was, I will never buy another Coke product after seeing this tweet. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, marketing has, there's a, there's a means to the end. So good job. Though. Sorry to interrupt, but go No, you're fine. You, you don't have to raise your hand next time. Just punch me in the face or something. Um, all right. So for those of you who don't know, we're based here in Muddle Beach, South Carolina at local high school went to won the, the state football championship last year for the 4A, I think the 4A, maybe 3A schools. I'm not sure. I, I get confused because I didn't go to high schools here. But anyway, they, they won the state championship last year. They were back in the state final this year. And so the state finals are always played in Columbia, South Carolina at Williams Rice Stadium where the Gamecocks play. So we decided it's only two and a half hours from here. My kids are both <coughs> big fans of the football team. They wanted to go see it. So we went to columbia this past weekend to go watch it we waited till the day of to book a hotel room we we usually when we're traveling as a family we'll stay in spring hill suites just because they their bed configuration is really good they got two queen beds the wife and i can stay in one one of the boys can stay in the other and then they have a a couch and a trundle bed so that one of the boys can stay on that so it's comfortable and they have free breakfast and it was close to the stadium so we were planning on booking that on the way so Sure enough, we do that. I went to look on hotel tonight. I shouldn't do that as a brand advocate for Booking Direct. But I wanted to see if there was a dumb revenue manager. There wasn't, which was good. So I booked Direct through the Marriott app. So we, we go into the game. We get there. As we pull up into the parking lot, we hadn't bought our tickets yet. Some guy came, came up to us and said, hey, I've got three tickets. If you guys want them that weren't used, I'm like, sure. I mean, there were only like twelve fifty each or something. It wasn't going to save us a ton, but still, it's like, wow, we don't have to buy three tickets now or four tickets. We have to buy one. So then later that night, we get to the gate and we go to where they were letting people in. I said, where can I buy another ticket? We've already got three. I just need one more. And the guy's like, ah, oh, you're fine. I got you. you. You guys just go in. So we paid nothing for the tickets, which was awesome, right? Save me 50 bucks. So then we're sitting there. End of the first quarter comes. I get a phone call from a columbia number i'm like ah, oh, this is a hotel let's see and this is like nine o'clock at night i'd already checked in on the app so i'm like eh, we'll see what's going on so they they start with that obligatory what what happens when you're going to get walked they're like i'm really sorry mr butler there was a glitch in our system and somehow we've managed to overbook and i'm, I'm sitting there thinking oh yeah here we go glitch in the system i know how you guys operate you always overbook it's fine i'm the last guy because it's after nine o'clock he goes, I really apologize for the inconvenience. What we've done is we've already upgraded you and booked you in our sister property that's right next door. It was Courtyard Marriott. Um, and they're going to take care of you. You just show up. And because it was our mistake, we're going to comp the entire stay. Wow. Um, and including taxes. I'm like, that sounds great. Right Now, the wow. thing that was bothering me a little bit was... Spring Hill Suites has free breakfast and um, Courtyard by Merit does not unless you're a Platinum member. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to bitch too much about that because one, I'm not a difficult person. But two, I'm like, I just got to, you know, save me 150, 200 bucks, whatever it was for the, the hotel stay. I can pay for, for breakfast. So I get there at, and by this time it's like 11 o'clock at night after the game's finished. So we go to go to check in, and I, I show up and say, hey, we got walked by the Spring Hill. And they go, oh, Mr. Butler, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to make it up to you. I'm really sorry. And I know they have free breakfast, and we don't. But here's <clears throat> coupons for free breakfast. Wow. At, at our, they have like a little Starbucks there um, in the morning. And if there's absolutely anything else I can do for you, 
you just let me know and we'll take care of it. And my boys were hungry at that point. And they, you know, the most, Mar- most Marriott properties now have like a little store in there and they had some with like frozen pizzas and, and stuff like that. So my boys went and grabbed some frozen pizzas and some, we bought some bottles of water and I said, all right, you can just charge that to my room and we'll pay that with a credit card on file. He goes, nope, we will take care of that for you too. Wow. I apologize. So we had an amazing stay. Honestly, it was more comfortable than the Spring Hill Suites, the courtyard was. The breakfast was phenomenal, and we didn't pay a penny for the game or, or that. It was it was a really good experience that could have been disaster, right? But it was all because the tone of the people that I interacted with, the fact that they were proactive about it, the fact that they really paid attention to details, and um, they, they actually won my wife over. She wants to stay at the courtyard next time we go versus a Spring Hill, and... and <laughs> It, this is crazy, and, and this is not something that would matter to me, but different people, different things matter to. So we're sitting there at breakfast, and she had ordered an oatmeal and some fruit. In the presentation, if you eat oatmeal at a Spring Hill Sweets, it's a buffet. You go scoop it, slop it out into your bowl, right? They brought this. It was like on a, this beautiful cutting board. It was a massive bowl full up with like fruits, fresh fruits all around it. And she's like... This is like the best breakfast ever. I, I want to come back here next time. Hmm. So, Well, well done, Marianne. Yeah. Congratulations on, on turning what could have been a disaster. You know, I could have been here slamming them to the thousands of listeners to this podcast, but instead I'm singing their praises because the people there genuinely showed me that they cared, that they, they were remorseful, they had empathy, and they paid attention to the small details. I wonder if your podcast fame got you flagged in their system. <laughs> Probably what it was. Yeah, well, you know, my reputation precedes me. No, I, you, you get know, surprised and delighted. Yeah, That's perfect. I, I was, right? And um, so, yeah, hats off to everyone there. If you're ever in Columbia, South Carolina, then the courtyard downtown, I would recommend it to anyone. And even the Spring Hill, because they did what they should do, considering the fact that they were overbooked. So there's my little story and a lesson to everyone listening. Very nice. and that's a lot of word of mouth advertising they just got right there. It really is. Yeah. So that could happen to you too. Take care of your guys. <clears throat> yeah. Honestly, is you know what's crazy is that's the first time I've ever been walked. I've, it's never happened to me before, and I travel a lot, so I'm really surprised. And a lot of times I get in late, but nine out of ten when I'm gonna get in late, I'll usually call them and let them know ahead of time, and I guess that prevents me from getting walked. But that's the first time I've ever been walked, and I thought it was gonna be a big ordeal, but. It really wasn't at all. And so I ended up happy that I got walked. So Very nice. Nice. All righty. So well, let's you, jump into SMUS, shall we? Yeah. Pete? So we're going to be talking a lot about SMS or te- text messaging campaigns, why you should use them, how you can implement, and specifically, and this is where I think you also want to go back and check the show notes and this blog out as well, this specific message templates that you can use to send to your guests. This all comes with the very first caveat, which is, in my opinion, text messaging is the most personal form of communication that you can have with a guest. I would say electronically. I would say almost more than talking to them face to face at the front desk. More personal than that. Yes. What about a phone call? Uh, Maybe phone call might be a little more, but I I feel like if, if you get a text, that typically only comes from people that you have some type of ongoing relationship with, right? You'll get phone calls from strangers. You'll talk to strangers. But if your phone goes off and it's a text message, you're going to at least look at it. Yeah, it's it's very intimate, right, as a a channel of communication. So that is both a blessing and a curse. So the blessing is if you have the ability to text your guest, you want to do so, 
but the curse is the responsibility that comes along with that because you do not want to treat this like email. Did you, you just pull a Spider-Man on us? I don't know. Like with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Kind of did. Well, I, I may have done that, but... It was your Uncle Ben. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so the, the point is, is that if, if you are going to be doing this, you really need to think about what messages you should be sending and make sure that your guests are comfortable receiving them because we don't want this to turn into email or all the other things that marketers, like we talked about earlier, right. completely screw well, up. Really, they should be thinking that for every communication channel, including in, <clears throat> in person and including over the phone and email and, and social and reviewing review responses. Any, anytime you have any kind of interaction with a consumer, with a guest, you're either going to strengthen the relationship or weaken that relationship. The, the, or I mean, I guess it could be the same, but normally it's either going one direction, right? It's direction. It's going stronger or weaker. Mm-hmm. So you really need to think about that. And, and the risk of weakening the relationship on text is probably greater than any other communication channel, like Pete said. It is. And one thing to keep in mind there, there is it can be incredibly powerful. So that's kind of what we want to talk about now is we have four reasons why it's really valuable to create that SMS strategy. And this is this really sets the stage of why it's been overlooked for so long that it's time to really focus on it. Mm-hmm. So the first one is guest engagement, which we kind of talked about. If you get a text, regardless of if you engage with it beyond looking at it, you are absolutely looking at it. It gets near 100% view. I think that's that's critical to keep in mind. Uh, it goes a long way from a guest engagement perspective of creating goodwill and a strong relationship because if you take that step to do to share some information in a very personal format, I mean, Stuart, your word was you know intimate format, the guest automatically is going to elevate you in you know, how they react to that brand. So you know if they feel that you did something nice for them, you spoke to them in a very personal way they're going to keep that in mind. I think it also offers a very easy way for the guests to get in touch with you where, you know, they may feel it a, a burden to call, but a mm-hmm. text back is pretty simple to do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think that's, yeah, man, and it's the it's the preferred method of communication for a lot of people today. Right. And you're opening that up for the guest where if you're not sending messages, yep. you're, you're missing out on that completely. I think the next thing of reason why it's really effective is it can absolutely increase revenue. Depending on how you use it, things like a pre-arrival upgrade message, app promotion, or on checkout, using it almost like a app push message where you can see if that guest would like to stay later. Hey, we have availability. You know, Respond yes if you would like to extend your stay another hour or something along those lines. So there, there's real revenue to be, to be made. Next behind that is there really is a proven performance to text messaging. One specific case study that I have on this blog post is we have one client who sends out emails for their post day surveys, not unlike every other hotel in the world. And on average, they got about 2.6 survey responses per day actually pretty good from a review perspective once we put in a sms campaign that the text said 
Thank you for staying with us. Please help make your next day better by completing this brief survey with a link to, personal link to the survey with the person's information in it and everything. On average, like I said, it was 2.6 uh, successful submissions per day. I feel like we need a drum roll right now. Five. It doubled it. Yeah. So instead of getting 2.6 surveys, they're getting five surveys completed per day. Yeah. And it's because if they got it in an email, they just got back from vacation, there's a thousand other things going on, they're not really focusing on their email completely, but they just stayed at the property and their phone vibrated saying, thank you for your stay, please tell us how we did. Yeah. It was very effective. Yeah, and that's twice as much data, twice as much insight, twice as much guest engagement, building those stronger ties. The guests that fill out the survey are going to feel stronger about you than the ones that don't. So it's it's win win for everyone. Yeah, learning what learning what people liked about you, being able to respond to those who had issues, it, it matters so much. We talk about that stuff all the time, but you know that's that's huge. Two two and a half to five. Yeah. Yeah, and you know you don't touch on this here, but there's been a lot of data and case studies about engagement. In in the more touch points you have, the better the experience mm -hmm. is that the guest has, and the more likely they are to come and stay with you again. So that's all part of what we're talking about here. You know, the more you can win favor through positive interactions, the more the, the more likely you are to be successful at getting them to come back and, and tell their friends and all the things you want them to do. Yep. And again, I mean, this is something that pops up on their phone right when they're leaving. You know, it's very easy to just click that, answer a few questions. I mean, it's not like they, not everybody gets the email notification on their phone, right? I right. turn mine off because I get too many emails. But... I always get my text messages, so much more likely to respond. Some may say that's less friction. I know, I know <laughs> oh, that's a word that doesn't get used nearly enough in not this on, industry. Not on this award-winning podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, it, and here's why I think text has not caught on like it should have years and years ago, is it used to be pretty expensive. The, the platforms and the integration to send triggered messages really wasn't there completely. It was there, but... It costs more than I think it should have, and there's a little bit of misunderstanding about how it works, but it's very affordable. So typically what you would have is some main backbone bone that you're using to craft and trigger your messages, but you're going to be sending them through a service such as Twilio, which is one that we use here at Fuel, and it's around a penny. It's actually less than a penny. It's low as 7 point, point uh, seven seven. Point seven cents per message that you send or receive. And we just had a conversation this week with a client and we were talking about the effectiveness of this and he said, oh, that's too expensive. Right. And it was too expensive when you checked it out years ago. It's not now. Yeah, it used Jump to be bonus. five, six cents a message. And even then I'd say it's it's probably would be worth it. I think the problem is, is it gets, it gets bung together with email and email so much cheaper <laughs> mm -hmm. than, than this. But you, just like Pete said, the engagement level with text is so much higher that it's worth paying a lot more yeah. to get that communication. I think the other reason that we had issues in the past is integration. So previously, from a, a text messaging perspective, and when I say previously, years and years and years ago, you had a different platform that you had to go to yeah. to log in, send a text. It would go out to La La Land, and hopefully it worked well. But it was a whole different platform. It was not integrated with your PMS. It wasn't integrated with your email platform or your databases. And that just made it one extra thing that a marketer had to do. So when it's a nice, shiny new thing, they use it. 
but then it becomes the pain that you know, it's not used anymore. Some would say there was too much friction. You might say frictioner versus frictioner. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the four reasons why hotels need to be thinking about their SMS communication strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully they were all thinking. So everyone, yeah. everyone's thinking about it put now, this right? on your list. Yeah. The good news is it's not something that's going to take all of 2020 to put together. The next part of us, we kind of work our way through the blog is how you can implement your hotel's texting and SMS strategy. It's actually pretty simple. Step one is the most obvious, making sure that you have your guests' phone numbers, preferably their cell phone number, and you are getting them to opt in to receive messages. Yeah, be, be aware of privacy. We talked about that a lot on this show. Uh, you know, Make sure you're getting the right permissions. Make sure you're disclosing not only that you're collecting this data, but why you're collecting this data and, and setting expectations about what they are going to receive and why and how much value that provides to them. Yep, exactly. So you get their numbers. You also want to make sure that you're doing what you need to with those phone numbers. Are they getting into your databases? Is it in your PMS associated with that guest folio? Because texting is a very targeted message that you need to make sure that it is associated with that person's date of stay, where they're staying, and everything else that you can. Yeah, this is not a spray and pray channel. Like you, you should never, ever, ever have a list of mobile numbers and send everyone a generic message. Don't well, ever do that. Once you're, when you're collecting this data and associating with a folio, this allows you to use your, your tools to seriously segment you can segment by even down to the room type something like that where you know who to send maybe an upgrade email uh, message to something along those lines but really should be a segment of one when you think about it right Uh, as close as we can get of course yeah it should be individualized messages based on the behavior and the knowledge (laughs) we have of that person yeah so once you make sure that you have the phone numbers the next step is making sure that your email platform supports SMS campaigns. Here at Fuel, in the Fuel AI-powered CRM system, we use BlueShift. That's one of our backbones. And that allows us to, during our send or our campaign, determine do we want to send an email? Do we want to send a app push message? Do we want to send an SMS text? Or do we want to send some combination of the three? And I think that's what the important part is. is in our database, we can see that Stuart prefers email. Phil prefers a text message and send them the message that's most appropriate for them when it is most appropriate for them. (coughs) Assuming that you have that integration, that is literally the hardest part of building an SMS campaign. So if if you're not using our AI-powered CRM system yet, reach out. We can talk about that and help you move in that direction. But that is the critical part because you do need that platform to set up your triggers yeah and i think it needs to be integrated i think you're right in terms of a lot of people still to this day will go set up an account with a third-party sms product and still have their email separate and and the challenge there is then you've got no way to really manage your touch points with an individual right because you might be sending the same person an email and a text message on the same day with, with different messaging and i think that or, or even the same messaging, it can inundate them, right? I don't want to get an email and then a text that says the same thing. That's that's frustrating, right? So what our platform does, and this is part of the AI thing, 
is it learns individual habits over time. So it recognizes automatically that Pete is more likely to engage with SMS and Phil's more likely to engage with email. So it can predict and then deploy based on individual preferences. So, so I'm not inundating people with multiple messages the same or different. And that's, that's really what you need to do to have, to build that relationship. You're not teach, treating people like a number, you're treating them like an individual person. Which, believe it or not, I don't know if you guys know this, each guest is an individual person. They're not a number? They're not. What about their folio number? I'm confused. Nope. Not <coughs> at all. Well, let's talk about how, e- even if they are individual, we can still communicate th- with them on an automated basis. Because for a good texting campaign to work well, you do want to have it automated because you're not going to be able to be at your computer to send fill the text message he needs as he's checking out. Wait, I can't just add every guest to my contact list on my iPhone and then just manually text each one individually? That's honestly, yes, you should we should be able to do that, but we can't. So we have to find the next best thing. Because really, if you're a hotelier and you get a message from the owner of the hotel, "Hey, was everything great?" That's the best thing that could ever happen, right? But it's not realistic. So, we want to have a robot do it instead. <laughs> What do you say? We like robots. <laughs> so, so when you're setting up your campaign, you want to, <clears throat> one, make sure you know what messages you want to send, when you want to send them. But the setting up part is not difficult. The most difficult part in my mind is a few tips that you want to make sure that you follow. So the first one is, we've already hit on this a few times, never, ever, 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 ever blanket message your database or guest history with a text message. So never. Yes. How often should you do never, it? Never, ever, ever, ever. Okay. So that is an, a non-negotiable. And I literally in, in the post here, I said, write it on a post-it note and put it on your screen. It is never worth alienating all your guest history because you decide to become a lazy marketer and just message everybody to, that this is my latest special. Even 10%. if you think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. It is not for that guest at that time. The whole Certainly point not for every guest. Yeah. Right. Same could be said for email, my friend. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, point is, you just don't want to damage your relationship with your guest with a very personal means of communication by breaking that trust. Yep. So next one is, as you're building these messages, develop strategies that offer value. That is important because you want the guest to be thankful that they got the message, not annoyed that you're bothering them in their very personal space. So if if a text is self-serving or is not valuable to them, you've just chipped away a little bit of the trust that they have in you and your property. I think timing matters also from a perspective of, um, okay, I just checked in and I get a post-arrival message, something like that. I expect it at that point, and it's not, it, it seems less intrusive. It's relevant, I, mm-hmm. it's timely, Yes, it's helpful. Yeah. If I get it a day late after I've been there for a while, and they say, welcome. Like, yeah. Wait, I've been or here. Or after you've checked out. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome to the, the prep. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you have this set up properly as well. well you know, there's this one client that I visit, and they have a, a text messaging system set up. And after you check in, probably 10 minutes later, you get a message they have it associated with the name of the person at the front desk, which is really cool. Hey, this is so-and-so. 
you know, hopefully everything went well at check-in. Please let me know if I can help. If so, just respond. You probably just saw it on their name tag. It's very right. It, it's a great connection. Uh, now, that's not al- not always the person that you actually see at the front desk, but sure. it seems like it is somebody on staff, which is pretty cool. Uh, so you want to make sure that you have that personalized nature to it. The other thing is text is still 160 characters or less. Most devices can have received longer messages, but in general, plan on 160 characters, including spaces and links. It is not a long message. It's to the point for one very specific thing. And if you're unsure, there are things called character counters out there that you yep. can use. So how do you feel about shortening words? Like, Because it's, it's common, right, on when you're texting friends mm-hmm. to use shortened, like instead of saying text, TXT or whatever it is. Do you think that's okay in the professional world? I think it depends on what you're shortening yeah. and how if, and it also depends on your, uh, your brand and, and, and how you present yourself. If you're very formal, maybe luxury property, sending an informal text message may not fit brand, your, your brand messaging. Yep. I think you just, you, you need to do what applies to you best. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Melissa's saying, Ooh. Always be testing. <laughs> Very much. Is Melissa a ghost? <laughs> well, she's not here right now, so she's here in spirit. Wow. And that's the spirit. <laughs> that was the spirit of <laughs> Melissa. For those of you that can't see Pete, so basically everyone but me and Phil, he was waving his arms around, like floating around the room. Floating like, like, like he was Melissa. a ghost. The like ghost <laughs> Melissa would. Yeah. So, uh, what you should, so you may not want to necessarily shorten text, the messages, but you should shorten your URLs that are links because that's wasted characters. And instead of having a long link to a post-day survey, shortening it through your delivery platform or a service like Bitly is a great way to go, just because it gives you more characters to actually say what you need to say. And lastly, from a kind of a tip for your automated message, always include an opt-out. Reply stop to unsubscribe. Or reply stop to stop receiving these messages. Unfortunately, that's part of the 160 characters. Yeah. So... You really have a very narrow window of message. But, but I think it's okay, depending on the scenario, sometimes to send two messages back to back, right? One yep. with that kind of housekeeping stuff, like re- respond, help, stop, whatever, right? Give them that. But then also another message, which is the here's the value proposition. I think that's okay, depending on the situation. Yeah, definitely. Again, see what works for you. If you have messaging that people are replying stop to consistently, Rethink your messaging. Yeah, look at your data for sure. Yeah, and honestly, that's the fourth and final step of implementing the campaign is reporting and improving. Where are people getting annoyed? Where are they saying stop? Or what message are not performing in terms of whatever your goal is? Every message should have a goal. If it's just respond if we can help you, respond if you want to stay an extra hour, or click here to leave a post-day survey. Make sure that you're able to measure the performance of these. Right. And kind of just <clears throat> going back to the point I just made, if if you're getting a lot of people replying stop, it's not that the service isn't working. It's probably something with your messaging because mm-hmm. we've had fantastic success with text messaging. It's It, it may not be the system. Maybe you, maybe you need to test it. It's not me as you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, the Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the bar. It's the guy in the bar. Just wanted to say, it's not me. It is you. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, so that's how you would go about implementing uh, an SMS strategy for your hotel. 
it, so, it's boiled down for sure, right? Yeah. But. I mean, there's a lot of nuance to it. I think, you know, like a lot of our episodes, we just want to get you thinking in the right right way, and then you can go figure this out on your, your own. I, I think most people that listen to this show tend to be scrappy and, and, and willing to go figure it out. So you seeked out a hotel marketing podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're looking, you're looking to improve your skills, yeah. right? So and, and honestly, it's, it's pretty easy once you go through that process. And then once you've done it and you sent out a text and it goes to however many thousand people mm-hmm. in the campaign's lifetime, that's exciting. And you see it starting to perform and you see people engaging with it and, it doesn't become a burden. It becomes a valuable tool you know, in your marketing tool chest. Yeah. So. All right, Pete, we talked about some of these, but what kind of messages should people be sending? All right. So I've got five messages that we need to, at really every hotel who goes down this road should look at implementing. These These are five that you should absolutely Absolutely send. five that you need okay. to have in place. Right. You're sure? Yeah. Okay. Five of them. All so five. All right. All five. all five. Every single one of these five, we should send. Should you want to send more? Yeah. If they make sense, you can send more than these Refer five. Refer to number five. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so let's. All right. So number one, 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 one. And the other thing to keep in mind too is go to the the article because we have this where you can copy and paste it into it. And they're under 160 characters. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've already measured it with everything in there. Send it to all your guests. Yeah. Use the ruler to measure. <laughs> yes, I use a ruler. They're all a couple inches long. All right. So the very first message is your pre-arrival message. So it, put yourself in the guest's perspective. They're in the process of packing, working on getting ready to visit the property, and there's a lot on their mind. This is a good time to hit them with a message, letting them know that you're here to help. And if you have something like a mobile app, which you probably should, it's a great way to move them from the text platform over to your app platform because you do have more flexibility in terms of communicating with the guests throughout their stay if they have an app, plus all the benefits of, of obviously having an app. Okay, so to look at an example of that, and like I said, these are all, we're free to copy and paste. Hi, Phil, whatever the first name might be. We're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Reply if we can help or download our app today at hotelsite.com slash app. Reply stop to unsubscribe. How do you feel about using a pre-arrival message for an upsell? Upgraded room, additional services, whatever. I I really think that's what you have to test out, right? Because when I said there's only five messages you send, you should be sending. We get in the mindset of, oh, it's an email, so we'll do this. But we'll also ask them if they want to upgrade, if they want this and this. Because you're limited on, on characters, you have to decide, what, should I welcome them or should I ask for the upgrade? And I think that's – I don't have the answer for that one, right? That's what we have to test and figure out. Yep. So moving on from the, the pre-arrival message, they've checked in. They're ready for the welcome message. And this is the one that if you've stayed at any major flag or larger property, you may have already gotten one of these. But an example of that is, you know, hi, Stuart, welcome to hotel name. We hope you enjoy your stay. Our concierge is here for you. Text us if we can be of service. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes that's a real person that's going to respond. Sometimes you might have a chat bot. And I think you can argue the pros and cons of both of those. But it's about setting in expectations and living on it. I've stayed at properties before that have sent that welcome text message and said, hey, our automated assistant, Samantha, or whatever, they have some cute name for it, they're here to assist you. And then you ask them any question and they're just Call not the front good. Desk. 
Yeah, and replies yeah, they, with the they phone don't number. help you, right? So I think the preference is always a real person if possible, but there's a lot of chatbots out there that are doing a better job now. It's just about setting expectation and delivering on that expectation. Well, I, I, think, I think the problem is, you know, if you don't have someone to respond or something to respond intelligently, mm-hmm. someone has given you their preferred method of communication at that point. They responded mm-hmm. to you. They engaged <clears throat> with you via text, and if you're not responding back in the very same way, I think that's... A bit of a problem. Another thing with the welcome message, and I mentioned it earlier, is timing. Make sure you're sending this shortly after checkout. Find out maybe what works best for you based on um, replies to stop, things like that. But this is a very timely message as well. Yeah, I think it should happen personally within minutes of check-in. Mm-hmm. Agreed. In look at, So I think the only way when you send that message that says, text us if we can help, expect some people will text you. That does need to be handled by a person. I don't think it should be handled by a chatbot, only because that's the first contact that they have. Yeah. And it, it, you need to be able to pick up the phone. If the person called the front desk and you directed them to a chatbot, is that the first contact you'd want them to have from a customer service perspective with yeah. your property? I think the only time that you, it's okay to, to send a chatbot is one, if you disclose that's what you're doing, and two, if the volume is just so great that you can't physically right. manage it right because mm-hmm. if you're a massive property there could be a full-time job you know and, yeah. and maybe the ROI is there to, to warrant that right because it, it benefits the experience mm-hmm. but the worst thing you can do is say text us if you need anything and you don't automate it and then someone texts you and no one's monitoring it and then it takes them an hour to respond because text you know we talked about how intimate it is one of the other expectations with text is the timeliness of it. Mm-hmm. Like when I send you a message on text, I expect to get a response within minutes, Just not like within with hours. A, with a person, if you texted me right. and I texted you, I'd expect a fairly quick response. Exactly. Well, more specifically, if I don't get it, I'm going to keep texting you and yeah. then maybe screenshot it and maybe share it about you not responding You're to You're just me. being yeah. obnoxious. <laughs> and that's why I think it should be a person. If I receive a text, I may not respond immediately, but the moment I respond and we've established back and forth communication, then it's gotta be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. If you don't think your property can do that, one, you need to evaluate if you wanna go down this route. If you do though, there's also technological tools that you can put in place like throttling your messages. So you don't necessarily send all of your welcome messages at 4.15 for guests to arrive at four o'clock. Spread it out over an hour or two so that your staff does have time to to manage the, the inflow of text at the end of the Or day. if you have the space within your message, give a estimated time of reply. If you if you really only have capacity to check it every yeah. at once an hour or once every other, you know, we'll we'll see this within an hour and respond. Yeah. yeah, I think if you set expectations, I think it's okay. Yeah, people will appreciate that. Hey, okay, good. I know that you're working on it and this didn't go into La La Land. Mm-hmm. So third option is this is the check out message there could be messages between their start of their stay and their end of their stay those are going to be highly property dependent if they make sense yeah that could be promoting happy hour in the bar things Mm -hmm. like that you know we've had a lot of success with those kind of messages that drive people to on property things but it's got to be relevant to the individual Mm -hmm. this is uh that was number 2.5 of pizza exactly so there's 5.5 so the checkout message is incredibly important though. Every property should have that because it's really, one, it's a great money or revenue generating tool, but it's also to confirm that the guest is actually checking out. 
An example would be, we hope you enjoyed your stay at hotel name. Would you like it? Would you enjoy a late checkout? Call the front desk at, you know, pound one, two, three to stay an hour later or reply stop to unsubscribe. But if you can have the person stay an extra hour, you have the PMS that will allow them to adjust checkout times based on occupancy. That's all great. Even if it's just thanking them for their stay and hope their checkout is Hopefully their stay was you know up to par, or, or informing them of what the process is for checkout. You know, yeah. drop your keys off at the front, or you can, you know, if, if you're sophisticated, you could look at their folio and say, well, there's no charges on here, so just leave your keys. You can just leave mm-hmm. your keys in the room and, and leave and bypass the front desk. That that would be a convenience factor for yep. some guests. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, or it could be a revenue generator in some cases if if you are offering a late checkout for a fee. You know, maybe you could outline that. We've had a lot of success with that, both in the in-app push notifications and with SMS as well. Number four, 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 four. the post-stay message. We talked about the case study earlier where you can double your survey response rate. This is when that really kicks in. So thank you for staying with us at Hotel Name. We hope it was amazing. Please help make your next stay better with this brief survey, with a link to the survey. It's a perfect time. You're thanking them. You're making sure they enjoyed themselves and you're giving them an outlet to kind of share their feedback, which is incredibly important. And if that, you have a short survey, that's <clears throat> maybe three to five <clears throat> questions, post that. So put that in the message. If it fits in your character limit, say, Hey, there's a quick five question survey. Please, you know, help us, help us improve your next day. That no, letting someone know that it's, it's quick and easy is, mm-hmm. is important as well. Pro yeah. tip, make sure the survey is very mobile friendly. Yes. Because a lot of survey tools that are out there aren't the greatest when you look at the actual survey on mobile. Think about it. You're sending this message to someone on their phone. It's a text message. They're going to click on it on their phone, which means they're going to look at the survey. Guess where? where? On their phone. Tablet. Oh. So, yeah. Phone. Close, Pete. Really close. But no, you've got to make sure this is mobile. That's a, that's a great point. <clears throat> All right. Ready for the big fifth oh, message? Oh, number five. This is five, the five, one five, I'm five, most five, excited five, about. Five, 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 There is no fifth message. <gasps> there is no spoon. They what? got to the end of the podcast and there is no fifth message. And you know why there is? Because the person just checked out. We thank them for their stay. We've sent them a survey. If there's not a need for a fifth message, do not send it to them. Kind of going back to the beginning. But I want to send them a special, Pete. No. What? This is not the time for that. You have email, you have social, you have retargeting, you have all the things in the world. But I have a Cyber Monday deal. Can I send that? You may not send that. Ah, <laughs> you're such a potty so, pooper, Pete. If, if you can serve your guests' needs with four messages, you send four messages only. If you need five and it makes sense and you've tested it and your guests are okay with that, fine, send five. Or but, six or seven or ten. Right, but don't set an arbitrary number and try to make messages fit with what you think your strategy should be, make sure that your analytics and your guests are driving this type of strategy. Every single message you send with text, because again, this is intimate, this is personal, you should think it through very carefully. You should make sure that there is value to every single message you send, not value to you, although that's important because you're running a business, but more, the most important thing is value to the guest. If there's not value to them, do not send the text message. Yeah, if I were to put text messaging into a silo, it would definitely be operations. 
because it one is it can be effective from a marketing tool, but it really is an on-site guest engagement tool. Shaking my head at you right now, Pete. Really? There are no silos. I know. I said in, if I had to. Don't. We, we shouldn't have silos. This, okay. is, this is almost 2020. Marketing, okay. operations, revenue management should all be one happy camp group right. of campers singing Kumbaya around the campfire. All right. So if I had to put my SMS marketing into the wonderful green field of the commons, yeah. I would put it into the wonderful green field of the commons. There you go. Right in the middle of <laughs> right in the middle. where marketing and operations and revenue I'd management put it where intersect. All the operations people yeah. are. Your hotel Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where they all overlap. But but you're right in that someone has to own this. Yeah. Right. This can't just be something you've checked off a list that oh we have an SMS strategy because we're sending automated. It, someone internally has to be the champion. And they have to also be the person that will look at it through the lens of, are we treating the guest the right and appropriate way through this? And I'm telling you, if if in these imaginary silos that don't exist in our perfectly green commons, if you give it to a marketer, they're going to try to achieve marketing goals with it only. I think one should be holistic where everyone's working together, but think about the guest. This is not the always think about the guest. And if you have a marketing team that doesn't think about the guest, you probably need to reevaluate your marketing team. Because at the end of the day, we say this every episode, everything you do should be about the guest all the time. And that fifth message especially should be about the guest. May I, may I speak from Melissa and say, please test your fifth message. <laughs> <laughs> no, only if you do the spirit of Melissa. you got to do it like a ghost. Ooh, test your fifth message. <laughs> I had a chill go down my back. <laughs> uh, I wonder if Melissa knows we're talking about her right now. She will. Yeah. Clarinet is tingling. So that's, that's the episode. That's it. Good it's job, a, Pete. It's an important tool for your marketing. It takes a little bit of time to think about, but I really would put this somewhere in your Q1 list of things to do for 2020. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on your situation, right? I think you've got it. There's a lot of things you need to get right first. Make sure yeah. that you've taken care of your email strategy and your social strategy and, you know, your revenue strategy and your website's ticking and your, you know, there's a lot of things. Yeah. But and I think this is important. This is not something that can you can just keep pushing off indefinitely because there's a huge advantage to doing it. Not only can you build a stronger relationship with the guest, drive more revenue, but you know that you can outperform the competition with this Mm -hmm. kind of a tactic because you know, anytime something is hard, it does take a little more effort than what people are used to giving. That means that there's a lot of your competition that are less likely to do it. That should be even more reason you're doing it. You're the kind of person that listens to this, malarkey of a a podcast you should be the kind of person that's willing to put in the extra hours to find out how to do something you've never done before mcclunky is the star wars thing i i would say malarkey because we have malarkey but we can switch it to mcclunky if you want i I do do like i do like that word it is my new favorite so yeah listening to the mcclunky fuel hotel marketing podcast means you're the kind of person that should be testing this kind of a new initiative in 2020. Hey, do you want me to share a little quote with you guys? Always. So Henry Kaiser, he was a shipbuilder years ago, and he always had one of my favorite quotes. Problems are only opportunities in work clothes. Say that again. Problems are only opportunities in work clothes. 
So if it's hard for other people to do, there's an opportunity there because they're not doing it. It means you just need to roll up your sleeves and make it happen. Yeah. And it's, for some reason, that's always been one of my favorite quotes. I've never heard that quote before, but I, I, yeah. I do agree with it. If, if it's hard, should be more reason that you do it. Right. For sure. Because you know that your lazy competitors are specifically not doing it. Yeah, for sure. Well, good. That's a great episode, guys. I don't have any housekeeping today, so we can cut this episode short. So thank you, Pete, for putting together this episode. Thank you, Phil, for being on the show today. You are indeed a power couple, a power couple of friends. And I appreciate you co-hosting with me today. We're the best friends that anyone could have. And if you want more information, you can text Stuart, his cell phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Pete, if they want to learn more about you, where can they do so? Twitter's a good place to start. And they can follow me at pdimeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Phil. On Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can also get the notes to today's show at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on one episode 129. Where we'll also link to the actual blog post that we referenced in this episode. And we'll put, also put a link to the Netflix Twitter stream because that is hilarious and you will enjoy it lots. <laughs> And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Say, oh, hell, you're gaming the system. All right, book direct next time, you son of a... (laughs) (laughs) That should be the message in every every email that goes out to OTA guests. I like it. That's what we should do. (laughs) That's what I would do.